What's up, everyone? Welcome back to The Huddle with Ben and Sam. Today, we're going to be talking about what went down in week five and some improvements for your fantasy team. Yeah, so starting it off, I think we're getting a bit of a structure here. So we're going to, like last week, we're going to do a little rundown of what happened last week and some guys we talked about and how they ended up performing. So to start it off, DJ Moore was a matchup that we both really liked. You know, they were going up a pretty a pretty soft Falcons secondary. Um, so we expected a big game from him, and he definitely came through. Four catches, 94 yards, a touchdown, coming out to about 19 points in PPR leagues. Uh, great performance from him. Yeah, as we mentioned last week, really any team against this Falcons defense is going to really produce um, – and we saw that through DJ Moore and a lot of other Panthers players. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, another guy we talked about was Justin Jackson. Um, you know, we weren't exactly sure how he was going to perform after Eckler's injury and, you know, with his his uh, his carry share with uh, Joshua Kelly. But he definitely he overperformed 15 attempts for 71 yards. Um, adding on to that five catches for 23 yards coming out to uh, 14 points in most PPR leagues, which is, um, you know, for what we expected of him, definitely a great performance from him Um, and actually ended up surpassing Joshua Kelly and carries that game. A little surprising there. Uh, He also, like you said, he got five catches for 23 yards, kind of filling in the spot as like a wide receiver running back. Um, as as Eckler kind of is on that team. So we can expect him to produce maybe more than this in weeks ahead. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think he's definitely, regardless of who the better pure running back is, he's definitely going to be more involved in the passing game than Joshua Kelly is. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, next, we're going to be talking about Teddy Bridgewater. We talked about him last week. His matchup against the Falcons was going to be in his favor, um, and that was exactly correct. He had 313 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions or fumbles, um, adding up to a solid 20 fantasy points. Uh, So we said pick him up as one of a, a QB if you are in need of QB that week, and if you picked him up and started him, he was your guy, and he got you the points you needed. Yeah, I mean, he he performed probably just about, I think, as everyone expected him to be. You know, nothing too crazy, over 300 yards passing, two touchdowns, and coming out to 20 points, which I think is right about what we expected for last week from him. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to switch up the topic. Uh, now, waiver wire pickups. We have a bunch this week after a pretty – uh, eventful weekend. Um, we're going to start it off with Ryan Fitzpatrick, or as I like to call him, Fitz Magic. Uh, he is 19.9% owned in uh, in leagues. He scored last week 27 points in PPR leagues. He had over 350 passing yards. Um, and by doing that, he joined Miami legend Dan Marino as the only player in franchise history to complete at least 350 passing yards with three scores and no turnovers, which is 
kind of sad for the Dolphins, actually. Um, <laughs> uh, but he also had he had he is thirteenth in air yards per target, which is very good for a QB of his caliber. He and he played well against a competent Forty ers defense with injuries. But um, this week he's playing the Jets, so he's expected to do even better than last week. Um, with the Jets having one of the worst passing defense in in the league. Yeah, you know, as a Niners fan, last week was tough to watch. But um, you can't really deny that uh, Fitzmagic is having one of his best seasons of, of his career so far, um, even in his his age. Yeah, he's playing. He's been playing super well with the the Dolphins so far this season. Well, it's funny you say that, Sam, because the other day you actually said he was trash, and so we made a bet, uh, twenty bucks on if Fitzmagic would score over twenty points this week, and uh, thankfully scored twenty seven points, and I got a little cash in, cash in the wall. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. But... So thank you, Sam, for the twenty dollars. It will be well spent. I don't know what I honestly don't know what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Uh, Travis Fulgham, Eagles wide receiver, um, has flown pretty much completely under the radar so far this season. But the last two games, he's been uh, showing out a bit. He's only owned in 0.2% of fantasy leagues on ESPN. Obviously, after his performances, though, that's going up. You can expect that to be much higher. Um going into to week six. Um, week five, adding on to his week four performance, he had 10 catches, 152 yards, and a touchdown. Um, really solid performance for him. Um, you know, Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson are potentially coming back soon. So, you know, we don't exactly know what that's going to mean for his performance and how, how viable of an option he's going to be going forward. But I think in general for Eagles receivers, whether they're, you know, higher on the depth chart like Jeffrey and Jackson or like Travis Fulgham, they're lower on the depth chart. They're they're really like volatile. You know, their performance is going to change week by week. So, you know, we could keep seeing these big games from him or he could drop off of it. But I still think the talent is definitely there. The targets are there, receptions and all that. So I think you can rely on this guy for decent production going forward. Yeah, I I totally would agree with you on him, Sam. He definitely had an amazing week last week, and he should be getting those numbers or at least something of those numbers going forward, especially with the injuries on the um, Eagles wide receiving core. Uh, So next we have Chase Claypool, who also had a huge week last week. against the Eagles, which is kind of surprising. Um, he is only 8.9% owned in uh, leagues, uh, but that's going up every day. Um, <laughs> so I I first knew him from TikTok, actually. And so who knew the TikTok star could play football as well? So many targets. He is going to play a much, much bigger role with... Um, Deontay uh, Johnson out and get him fast because he is getting off the uh, getting picked up off the waivers faster and faster every day. So if he is still on your waivers, definitely pick him up. No matter the size of your league, he's gonna be 
a big role on this uh, Steelers team going forward. Or, or yeah, yes, I'm not. Ex- I'm not exactly sure how I feel about his production going forward, but I think it's definitely he's definitely going to be a solid option regardless of the degree to how well he plays. Um, I think it's it's becoming clear that with him and Deontay Johnson coming back that the Steelers wide receiver core is one of the deepest in the league, if not the deepest. Um, yeah, he's really, you know, proven everything, proven everyone wrong, you know, coming out of the, or going into the draft rather, uh, teams wanted to list him as a tight end. They didn't think he had the, he was cut out to play receiver, but he's, you know, proven everyone wrong and showing that he has the the skills and everything to get it done as a wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah. Um, next up, we have uh, LeVay. <laughs> you want to say that for me, Sam? LaVusca Chenault. LaVusca Chenault. <laughs> he is the wide receiver for the Jaguars, owned in 31.1% of leagues. He had seven catches last week. Um, and for the last four weeks, he's had at least 10 points which is a good, solid, like, flex option for your team. Um, if you need a consistent, like, double-digit point scorer on your team, he's definitely your guy. Um, but, again, he's owned in 31.1% of league, so we don't really know if he's going to be available, but definitely look out for him. Yeah, I think you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, the fact that you can find the guy as consistent as him putting up like 10 points a week reliably and only owned in 30% of league is definitely a guy you should want to have on your team. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. You just, you don't really see that type of a consistency and B production from a guy on waivers. So definitely snatch him up if you, if you can, and if you have a need at wide receiver. Um, so moving on, LaMichael Pirine running back from the Jets. Obviously, with uh, the news of Le'Veon Bell um, leaving, you know there was some drama there between him and Adam Gase in the in the past weeks. So it's, this seemed a bit inevitable, but still a bit of a shock. Um, anyway, Lamigo Pirine is only owned in five point seven percent of leagues. Obviously, uh, with Bell leaving, this is going to be shooting up. Um, but I still think you should be able to find him on most waiver wires. Um, you know, the big question here is whether it's going to be him or Gore being uh, the lead back for the Jets going forward. I think Gore, Frank Gore is going to get a higher share of the initial touches. I mean, that's what we saw when Le'Veon Bell was injured. But uh, I think Michael Piron definitely has a higher upside than Gore. You know, Frank Gore, Frank Gore has been averaging more than half a yard per carry less than Piron. And while neither have been incredibly efficient, half a yard per carry is a pretty significant statistic. Um, add to that Gore's age, I don't really see him sustaining the workload of a lead back in the NFL for the remainder of the season. So I think, you know, I don't know exactly how long it'll take, but I think P. Ryan's going to end up being the lead back for them. So I think he's a great pickup to have on your team. Yeah, and you just said it, like, I think starting off, Gore is going to be their guy. But once we get further into the season and they see Pirion in his potential, they're going to start playing him more and giving him touches. 
because I think he's going to be the player that deserves it more. Yeah, no question. Um, our last guy on waivers to pick up is another uh, Jacksonville receiver, and that it's Keenan Cole. Um, he's only owned in 14% of leagues, but has been sneakily putting up almost 12 points per game. Um, he's had, like uh, LaVisca Chenault, uh, the other Jaguars receiver, he's been very reliable, you know, especially for a guy off waivers. He's had at least five targets every game. And just in general, the, like the yards, receptions, targets, um, they've all been there and they've been very consistent. So I think, yet again, this is another guy that you don't really see this type of production and consistency on waivers often. So definitely snatch him up if you have the chance. Yeah, you really just said it there. Um, he's very consistent and he's your guy if you need that type of player on your team. Yeah. Um, so next we have, I guess, almost a little segment that we're starting this week for the first time where we're each going to give you our one player to bust and to break out this week um, just for their matchup in the coming week. So getting started right away, I'll start with my breakout. And my breakout player for week six is David Montgomery from the Bears. Um, he was a guy who I really liked going – into the season, and honestly, I've been a little underwhelmed with his performance so far, but I would say he's had great involvement in the passing game. Um, his one worry of – the one worry of mine I have is his involvement in the run game, actually. His production on the ground hasn't been great, but I think specifically for this week going against Carolina, having the eighth-worst run defense, uh, allowing over 130 rushing yards per game, I think the, the ground game is going to be there for Chicago – and add to that his his involvement in the passing game, I think he's going to have a great great game this week. Uh, so my breakout player is going to be Chase Claypool. We talk, I talked about him earlier. Um, just a few notes. He kind of was inconsistent for the past few games, but he had a good game against the Broncos, but didn't really perform to the highest of his potential until this week with 41 PPR points. Um, and so next week we're um, looking f- for another breakout week from him. Um, yeah, so now moving on to the bust. Uh, my bust go for this week is Terry McLaurin. Um, the, the Washington football team is going up against the Giants, who as, uh, as many struggles as the Giants have had this year, their, uh, their pass defense has not been one of them. Uh, their top 10 in passing defenses, and Logan Ryan and James Bradbury have really been performing well for the secondary and have been getting the job done in terms of locking up receivers. Um, you know, and then in addition to the opposition he's facing, uh, McLaurin only put up five points last week, five fantasy points, um, with Kyle Allen and Alex Smith throwing to him. You know, honestly – I didn't really like the decision to um, to make Kyle Allen the starter, and I think it's been affecting the production of the team in general, especially their wide receivers like Terry McLaurin. So I don't like him going into this week. Oh, and as I, as it is to say, uh, Terry McLaurin is on my fantasy team, and last week he only he put up a disappointing five points, I think. 
So I think going into the week ahead against a solid uh, pass defense, you should definitely be wary with him. So my bust is going to be Zach Ertz, another player on my fantasy team. Uh, and he's, it's not been his year. He's had a very, very inconsistent year, uh, putting a very low number, some games, and then average numbers for a player of his caliber in past years, um, some games as well, but really nothing exciting from him. So last week he, uh, had the lowest scoring game, it, Lowest scoring game for him with one point in PPR leagues, uh, even though he was playing in a very, very high scoring game. Um, and at, at this point, you should really just try to get him off your team, maybe trade for anything, really. But yeah. It sounds like you drafted really well, Ben. Both of our busts are on your fantasy team. It's a crazy coincidence. Um, so the next thing we're going to talk about, which has been a, a big topic of discussion uh, since last week, is the shakeups in the backfields that we've seen across the league. Um, so there's three teams we're going to talk about, the Chargers, the Chiefs, and the Jets. Um, we'll get started with the Chargers. We touched on them a little bit last week. You know, Obviously, in the wake of Austin Eckler's injury, that we were uh, curious as to how Joshua Kelly and um, as well as Jackson were going to perform. Um, at least in my eyes, Joshua Kelly was the presumptive starter going into week five because of the workload we'd seen him get in earlier weeks. Um, but we actually ended up seeing last week, um, not only did Jackson have more attempts and receptions in him, he was more efficient on the ground and in the air. Um with having, I think, four more carries than uh, than Kelly on the ground. Um, you know, although we saw this performance, this may be a little bit surprising performance last week, I think, honestly, you can't conclude too much from this. Definitely hold on to both on your team. At this point, I wouldn't really start either of them, even in a flex spot or anything, unless, you know, you have a situation where you need to. Um, because I really think last game – was not enough, a big enough sample size to decide uh, what the backfield and the carry distribution is going to look like going forward. So, yeah, I'm, I think we have to see more from these guys to know what they're going to look like in the coming weeks. Yeah, it's going to be really – you can't predict what – how these players are going to be – how these players are going to perform going into this week, I think – it really could go either way. Maybe Kelly is going to have a great game. Maybe Jackson's going to have a great game. Or maybe they're going to have even games. Um, we we really just can't know. It's only been one game with them. And you should be wary when putting them in your lineup. Yeah. Um, so then the Chiefs. Uh, big news just coming out a couple hours ago, actually. Is the Chiefs announced they were signing Le'Veon Bell. Um, obviously, we touched on earlier, and it's been big news that uh, Bell leaving the Jets. Um, but him signing with the Chiefs is a, a big deal, both for football in general, as well as the fantasy implications that it has. Um, so in terms of the implications for the Chiefs running game, 
I would say for Le'Veon Bell, don't expect much production from him in the first one to two weeks. You know, sort of like we saw with Devonta Freeman when he got signed by the Giants, or sorry, rather, um, traded to the Giants. Um, you know, it's, it takes a it takes a little while to get familiar with the system and the playbook and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, don't definitely don't expect a lot of production from him as soon as he gets there. Um, but then looking farther ahead into the future. Honestly, it's really hard to see either Le'Veon Bell or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire taking the back seat in the Chiefs running attack. Um, you know, you don't draft a guy like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as early as you do just to sign someone else and then have him take a back seat. And then, then in the same way, you don't sign Le'Veon Bell to have him take a a back seat beside behind Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, so what I think this is going to end up looking like is a lot is very similar to the Browns running game with uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. You're going to have two very solid running backs. Both are going to have a place starting in most leagues uh, almost every week. Um, but then at the end of the day, like the Browns, one um, is going to have definitely is going to have more usage than the other. Not certain about what degree that will be, but um, I think one will definitely have a higher workload. Um, and to me so far, at least right now, it looks like that guy is going to be Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Just because of the production he's had and his familiarity with the system, I see. I can't see his production going down too much, even with Le'Veon coming. Um, I also think that this is going to bring down Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's fantasy value. He was a solid running back, a starting running back on fantasy teams before this. But now, who knows what could happen if Le'Veon starts or if he starts and what the division of carries is going to be on that team. So when starting him, know that they have a solid maybe running back too. We don't really know, but they have a solid other running back that is also hopefully going to produce for them. So he might not have the same value as he had before. Yeah. I would actually say, um, adding on to what you said, I would actually say if you can, try to buy low on these guys in trades, especially Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, because, you know, his workload definitely will go down with a guy with as much talent as Le'Veon Bell coming in. But the production is still going to be there. He's still going to be someone who, like I said before, he's he's still going to be starting in most, if not all, fantasy leagues. So if you can find someone who's kind of panicking after this acquisition by the Chiefs, definitely buy low on him because he still has a lot of value in fantasy. All right. Next up is the Jets. We just talked about Le'Veon being picked up. Now we're going to talk about Le'Veon being dropped. Um, so he was dropped the other day. So now they have uh, P. Ryan or Gore starting. Um, so right now we're thinking that Gore is going to pick up more carries at the start just because P. Ryan's younger and doesn't have much as much of knowledge of the game. But the problem with Gore is he's older. He has less potential and probably is less effective than P. Ryan. Um, and P. Ryan will likely surpass Gore for carries uh, in later games. I think that once the season carries on, P. Ryan's going to get a bigger role on this team, 
and he's going to start picking up more carries instead of Gore. So our conclusions from that is keep both on the radar. Just check on them every once in a while, and uh, definitely pick up P. Ryan if he's if you have space. Yeah, I think you know. In a starting running back, regardless of the team, the offensive line, the caliber of the running back, a starting running back has great value in fantasy. So if you can um, pick up either one of these guys, especially Pirine, and especially if one of them becomes the clear lead back, um, they're going to have great fantasy value regardless of their situation. Um, so, yeah, that's, a, that's about it for, for us today. Um, it's gonna be a. It's been a crazy couple of weeks so far this season. I think it's probably gonna be another crazy week with injuries and COVID and all that stuff. Hopefully, that can stay to a minimum for this week and going forward. But um, there's definitely be a lot of interesting storylines to watch going into this week. Um, so yeah, uh, joining us today. Uh, best of luck to all you guys in week six, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>